0: Let's talk with our guy Joe Gilio right now. You can hear him every day, 9 to noon Eastern time on BetQL Daily. It's the Joe. I actually just got done talking with uh, Joe Ostrowski, and now I get to talk with Joe Giglio. I'm feeling, feeling privileged here tonight, Joe. I do have one beef with you, though. What the hell is up with the Phillies, man? I jumped on them, plus 675 to win the division. We had a weekend where we were in first place. Now it's been a disaster. The Mets are a disaster. Um, what's going on with the Phillies, Joe?
1: Oh, they're, they're, they're a disaster, guys. I'm happy to be with you. Look, the <laughs> Phillies are a magnet for 500. No matter what they do, they find their way back to 500.
0: Did we lose the Joe? It's not the Joe. we the trade there deadline. Eight back. in a row. Nice.
1: Phillies, guys, Phillies won eight in a row right after the trade deadline. They, they were right. racing towards the top of the division. They became the favorites in the East. And, and I would say the Phillies are like a magnet to 500, like a dog who leaves home and finds its way home. The Phillies will find their way back to 500. And now they've lost Reese Hoskins for the season that that, was, that came out today. They're in trouble. I know they have a very soft schedule, but uh, they're not winning this division. I, I, I would not advise anyone out there to uh, to go lay any money on the Phillies to, to come back and win this division.
2: Joe, did you stay up all night last night to watch the Dodgers-Padres game?
1: So I didn't. I, I do that sometimes. Joe always thinks I'm crazy because, uh, you know, yeah. I'm, in, I'm here at night in, in Philadelphia at WIP, and then, you know, I do the show with him in the morning. And a lot of times, you know – on a typical night, I'll, I'll get off the air at 10 o'clock. Phillies are on right now, so, so I'm not on the air. But, you know, I'll get off the air, and then I'll go home, and I'll watch, like, Giants or Dodgers. Yeah. And I'll go to bed at, like, 2 a.m. and then wake up in the morning to do a show. And, like, Joe's like, why are you having coffee for, like, the fifth time? Like, listen, I was I was up till 2 a.m. It was a great game. <laughs> Last night, though, I did fall asleep. But I checked my phone, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, my goodness. That game went so late, and the Dodgers, um, they just keep – I mean, really – May, uh, the, the gap in the West, is, is it's so crazy when now this year started, supposed to be Dodgers-Padres and now it's Dodgers-Giants and the Padres just being left in the dust. They're in big trouble.
2: Yeah, and, and back to the Dodgers, like you said, this team is just training in the right direction. Who do you think can presumably give them a good push? Like Who who could dethrone the Dodgers right now because they look so good? And why is it the Brewers?
1: <laughs> it, well, the Brewers definitely could. Well, I'll tell you this. So there's two teams. I mean, the Giants could do it. I mean, the, the Giants are still ahead in this division. The Giants Everyone's been waiting for four months for the Giants to, like, cool off or fall apart. It's not happening. Yeah. Like, they're, they're incredible. I mean, the crazy part, Quentin, is in this division, if you look at, the, like, what the teams, what they're on pace for right now, it might take hundred and three, and three and four wins to win the division. We could have a 100-plus win team in yeah. the wild card game yeah. the loser here. So, for the Dodgers, I think the biggest obstacle is just avoid that one game. I mean, I, I think we'd all say they'd probably get through it, but one game, anything could happen. I do think Milwaukee, though, is going to be really dangerous for whoever comes out of Giants-Dodgers. You figure those two teams will beat up on each other in the NLDS, and then Milwaukee could be waiting. Like They could have their pitching set up, waiting for the winner of Giants-Dodgers. I think Milwaukee is an is a interesting play to get to the World Series.
0: Joe, what about in the American League? The Yankees are on an absolute tear right now. Uh, That division, very competitive. I mean, I think people, like you said with the Giants, like people especially coming into this season after losing Blake Snell, which was the right decision, everybody always expects the Rays to come back down to earth, but it just never happens. And if you look at their farm system, man, like they, they may be set up for success for the next decade. I know it's baseball, and I said that about the Cubs in 2016, and now I can't even watch the team. But who do you like in the AL right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, the Rays, you're not wrong about the Rays. If You guys, i sure you've watched Wander Franco, 20 years old. I mean, yeah. As good as he is, they, they have him, obviously, for six more years. So, yeah, they're going to be great. They're always great. I do like the White Sox. I've liked them the whole year. I know they've had some pitching issues with the bullpen lately, and uh, it's been a little choppy. But I just think if they get themselves healthy and set up for the playoffs with that rotation of those strikeout pitchers, a bullpen that has Hendr- you know, Hendricks, Liam Hendricks, and uh, Craig Kimbrell, and then if they get Yasmani Grandal back, because I do think they need some lineup balance. They have all those really powerful righties, but they need someone you know from the other side and Grandal a switch hitter. If they get him back and, and La Russa kind of gets the bullpen, the roles back settled where wherever they decide them to go, I think the White Sox should be tough to beat Knox. They have the formula for the playoffs. And I just, personally, I just think it would be hilarious to watch La Russa make the World Series after, I mean, basically everyone like laughed at that idea they hired Tony La Russa. I just think it would be, it would be pretty funny if LaRusse is back in the World Series with the White Sox.
0: Any concerns with Craig Kimbrell and then with the Yankees with Chapman, though? Like when you're trying to, like, handicap or make your picks for the AL, how concerned are you with both teams' bullpens right now?
1: Yeah, you have to be. Um, and it's, it's funny, you know, when you think about the playoffs, especially the way the playoffs are structured now with yeah. the short series and then a wild card game, you know, you blow one game and that might be it. Like if you have one 3-2 to two lead, 4-3 lead in the ninth inning and you don't finish that game and you lose it, that that might just be the end, and I you know I always sit back to you know when we were growing up. The, the really the reason the Yankees were that dynasty is Mariano Rivera almost rarely ever blew it, and right. every other closer blew the game on the other side, and the Yankees made a dynasty out of that. So yeah, as much as so I like the Yankees right now, Chapman's a worry. I, I do have some concern about the White Sox, but I think those guys will figure it out. And then you know Graven has been pretty good so far for the Astros since he got there, but they they've kind of had a spotty bullpen all year, and I don't think Dusty Baker's the best at managing the bullpen, so. Who knows? Maybe it's the Rays again, because we're not talking about them. They'll just they'll find their way to the World Series again.
2: Joe, let's take a t- quick turn here to the NFL. Week three of preseason. first of all, have you bet on preseason?
1: Well, I bet on the Ravens because that's easy money. That's yeah, yeah, easy
2: money. Thank you. So so we like to do this thing called um uh every little play that we see, take it as an overreaction and then put our money all on it. Have you had anything that's drastically swayed how you view the NFL season through these, you know, three weeks of preseason so far?
1: Uh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I, I can't say it's been in a game, but just from what I've heard uh, about Joe Burrow kind of starting off slow in training camp guys, I'm here in Philadelphia. And I remember when, uh, the year after Carson went tore up his knee and there was all like, Oh, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. I, n- I just never thought he was fine again. Like he's just never been the same player since, you know, when he hurt himself in 2017. And I hope that's not the case with Joe Burrow. I hope he comes back and he's great, but I, I, I get wary hearing that like, Hmm, He's a uh, you know a little ginger on that knee. He's not sure yet. So I, I did have some thoughts before summer started that maybe the Bengals could be an over, maybe they could finish even ahead of the Steelers, who I think are coming back in the AFC North. But I, I've moved away from that. I'm a little bit worried of about Burrow. Maybe it takes them, you know half a season to kind of you know, be that quarterback we expect him to be.
2: And also, I'm not too sure. But have you been tuning into Hard Knocks every Wednesday night? Tuesday yes, night. I have been. I,
1: I've been watching. We need more Jerry Jones, though. I mean, that's, that's the reason I'm tuning in. I need more ridiculous uh, salt on McGriddles from Jerry Jones.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, it was so funny. Like, it's such a well-placed McGriddle. I thought it was some product placement. Um, it's kind of crazy, though. We've talked to a few people throughout the week, and they're like, "Yeah, we need a change in Hard Knocks. And now I kind of see it because uh, my favorite part from Hard Knocks was watching the drone footage go through the, the Dallas campus. But when that's the best part of Hard Knocks, it must be a boring season of Hard Knocks.
1: Yeah, it has it has not been very exciting. It's it's too boring. I mean, McCarthy is Mike McCarthy's really boring. I mean, let's just call it, whoa, for it. like whoa, that guy whoa, whoa, Joe, he's really he boring.
0: Any any stinks at call. He has plays. Mojo let, me, let
2: me let me tell you guys a little something you about don't Mike like McCarthy. The mo- you don't like the mojo moments? Come no. on, man, that's an exciting
0: thing. No, he showed the team Gallagher clips last year, <laughs> Joe.
2: Listen
1: and this is no offense to anyone who does this job it's an important job that that we need out there but Mike McCarthy before he became a, a football coach I remember the three in the story when they won the Super Bowl in 2010 he uh, he put himself you know he, he supported himself as he was working his way up as a toll booth collector yeah. Mike McCarthy is he has a personality of of someone who like does a, you know it, an unexciting job I'll put it that way like Mike, Mike McCarthy the opposite of interesting or exciting so that's part of it. We need more Jerry Jones on that show to get you us do. interested.
0: I And I agree with you, Joe. That is a really good – I mean, that that's a job, and I give those people a lot of respect. But I always think Toebooth, Willie, Adam Sandler, and I think Adam Sandler in Big Daddy. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> his, that's his job in that movie. Hey, Patrick Ewing, great game. Uh, Joe, do you believe, as, as an Eagles fan, and you're out in Philadelphia, I know you're a little bit higher on the team than most, do you believe in Jalen Hurts? Because we do on this show, but the thing that concerns me is I don't know that the team – the the organization buys into him because we were hearing those Deshaun Watson rumors. Do you buy into Jalen Hurts as your starting NFL quarterback?
1: I do. I think he's going to be a good one. I think he's going to surprise people, and I think he'll even surprise the Eagles. It's funny. I, you know, there are a lot of – it's it's conflicting here in Philadelphia what we think the Eagles think of Jalen Hurts, and, and I'm one – that always in sports says actions speak louder than words. And, and I do believe the stories that they're interested in Watson if, if the legal stuff ch- you know, changes or, or at least lets them get back on the field. I do, I do buy that. But I, I think that's more of the Eagles have an infatuation with, with great quarterback play. Part of it is never really had great quarterback play in their history, so they just infatuated with finding it. So I think that's what the Watson thing is about, more than they don't believe in Hurts or don't like him. Because I keep pointing people back to this because people call in and they say, Uh, The Eagles don't even believe in Hurts at all. I'm like, look about the last year of what they did. They drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. They put Hurts on the field when Wentz, you know, went bad last year. They they benched Wentz for Jalen Hurts. They traded Carson Wentz. And then, guys, what tipped it to me this year that I think the Eagles actually do believe or or hope, whatever word you want to use, in Hurts more than maybe some people think is think about the NFL draft. The Eagles had the sixth pick in the draft, which means they could have had either Justin Fields or Mac Jones. They traded down. After that, down to twelve, they still could have had Mac Jones or Justin Fields. They passed on both, and, and at that moment, I'm like, "All right, I don't know if they, you know, if they would choose Hurts uh, over Watson long term, or if Russell Wilson became available. I think they would would cash him in to get one of those quarterbacks, but they did pass on some good prospects to keep him and give him a chance at this job. So the way I, I'll frame it is, I think the Eagles do. Hope and think Hurts might be the guy, but I do think they have their eye on something bigger if uh, if that comes down the road.
2: I'm going to ask what Ryan meant to ask. Is there value in the Eagles to win the NFC East, yes or no, Joe?
1: Yeah, of course there is. (laughs) Listen,
2: I'll I'll put it this way. Unbiased opinion.
1: The Eagles (laughs) rarely have back-to-back bad years. I mean, just go through their history last 20 years. They they don't have many times where they are bad back-to-back seasons. I, I think well, that's the everybody coach, in the is,
2: NFC, Joe. That's everybody in the NFC East. Well,
1: well, let me flip it the other way then. If we if we go by the trend, right? Since 2004, no team has won this division in back-to-back years. And I know, yeah. you know, Washington is a good stereo, good roster, good coach, and and they, maybe they could buck the trend. But if we say that, right? If we just put Washington aside for a second because of that trend, Dallas with the issues they have with Dak not 100. percent There's no way anyone should put money down on the giants with daniel jones and that offensive line yeah he's so yeah you go back to the eagles and you say all right and, and I'll, I'll make this case independent of Hurts. guys i think if you look at the nfc's i don't think there's a team that has a better combination of o-line d-line in the division than the eagles like washington's defensive front is great giants defensive front is really good but you look o-line d-line if those guys stay healthy there's a lot of really good players still you know here in philadelphia on the other side so I think they'll run the ball. I think they'll be pretty decent up front on defense. If Hertz could take a leap, yeah, I think they're I think they're in the mix. They're over under six and a half. I would go over. I think it's about an eight-win team, which probably puts you in the mix in this division. Mm.
0: Joe, thanks so much for giving us a couple minutes, man. Uh, go watch the Phillies. They're already stranding runners in scoring position. Oh, uh, can't wait. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks, man. Thanks, That's Joe. Joe Giglio. You can hear him every morning, 9 to noon, with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron. It's the Joes and Aaron.